Hello, everybody. Good evening and welcome to Bang Bang Podcast. Welcome to Bristol. I was doing that every episode for the start and I thought that sounds a bit wanky, but I've done it more than three or four times. I'll have to keep doing it every episode. So, but yes, good good evening. It's a Friday night as we record this. And I remember back in the old days, um, I spent most of my Friday nights. Well, I had a bit of a routine. I would go uh, finish work, watch TFI Friday. Normally Top of the Pops was on after that, a few drinks. Then a few of us would meet up, go to our local pub in uh, the glamorous Staple Hill, a few more drinks, get the bus into town and end up going to uh, the Fekla nightclub till four or five in the morning, uh, drinking lots and lots and rolling in it. And ungodly hour after having failed to pull women every week and just uh, got drunk and ended up dancing to the, the best indie hits of the of the time. But these days, I spend my time sat in my bedroom talking about wrestling. So that's, um, yeah, I'm 43 as well. I'll be 44 soon. So uh, a reflective start to this week's episode. Um, but yeah, so this is Bang Bang Podcast. And we talk about wrestling. I talk about wrestling of um, various times and uh, eras. And I'm joined each week by a, a special guest host. Talk about uh, a particular show which we're covering in. We talk about we'll talk about today's show in a minute. But I'd like to say thank you to Stephen Graham last week uh, coming on to talk about an episode of Superstars of Wrestling. Um, Steve's uh, he, yeah, he's great fun on Twitter if you follow him on Twitter and he's again he's appeared on Smirch Pod and he had his own uh, podcast, uh, Faces of Fascism, which is all about different uh, fascist dictators. And so if you're interested in that sort of thing, we've got some intelligent listeners to this podcast. I've been told. I've not come across any yet, but um, but yeah, go and check that. And yeah, check out last week's episode. It was it was a good laugh. I don't know how we managed to talk about a forty minute episode of Superstars of Wrestling for two hours and forty five minutes, but we uh, we did. Yeah, so so thank you to Stephen. Uh, thank you to Black Lakes as always for our fantastic, sexy theme music. Um, go and check the guys out. I think they got they may have actually played some gigs recently. I think they're playing a few times over the summer. In the Wells area, I think they got a gig up in Scotland as well at some point. But go and follow them at Black Lakes on Twitter. Check out their uh, new album uh, for all we left behind on Spotify, and uh, you can get an actual copy from the guys as well if you if you contact them. So go follow them. Go follow Will as well. He's the lead singer. He's a top uh, top bloke, good mate of mine. So yeah, go and follow the guys. And if you want to follow Black Lace, who did um, Agadu Superman. Uh, other novels he hit to the 80s go and follow them as well they haven't done anything for us yet but a few people have got black lakes and black lace mixed up so um yeah go and check out black lace as well so <clears throat> this week um i'm joined by a man of many podcasts so he appeared on our show last year to talk about no mercy 2005 Thank you. He'll, he'll confirm that in a minute because my memory is terrible. And he joined us at Christmas time as well to talk about the legendary Vince McMahon Hulk Hogan match at, uh, at WrestleMania. Um, a man who appears on uh, a Change of Attitude podcast, One Man's Meat podcast with the fabulous Chris Bellis, and also Nitro Nights with the uh, not quite as fabulous Cy Powell. It's uh, our friend from the Highlands. Scottish Danny. Good evening, Danny. Good evening, Andy. Thank you for that brilliant intro. <laughs> oh, that took me hours to write that intro, mate, I tell you. Have I um have I missed any podcasts out? 
No, not you haven't. But you and you totally got the No Mercy 2005 right, which was all oh, important. Wow. <laughs> I thought I got that right. I we did. I, I think I just we just smacked. Uh, we did um, Survivor Series 2004, but it seemed like very similar sort of roster and timeline. So I was, I was yes. trying to get those two figured out in my head. But yeah, um, yeah, they do run together, don't they? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, there seem to be the similar sort of storylines running through that. But yes, mate, so you know, I mean, you're taking over the podcast world slowly, aren't you? Definitely. Um, it's thanks to all you guys that I'm here. I mean, I'm doing about three shows a week and I'm really, really enjoying it. How are you finding uh, watching those old Nitros beside? Really good. Um, we've got to get through the just the end part of 1995, but Sai has promised me that we get into the good stuff in the middle <laughs> of 1996. <laughs> so you're still in you, know, you I mean you guys have covered you're still in peak dungeon of doom or you just yeah you're, uh, yeah 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 we are we enjoy we're enjoying the uh the zodiac but um I say enjoying but really just not no no nobody I mean I remember I did the we did the episode about um I mean I don't know what what possessed me to do a, an episode all about a dungeon of doom but that took uh that took uh, a couple of hours of my life which i'm never getting back so um yeah legendary but, uh, audio oh god it's legendary audio i mean it was almost as bad as the dungeon of doom itself but it was uh yeah that was uh that was interesting so nitro nights is you inside going through smackdown through another fucking smackdown i've i've listen i've i've had half a can of acai so i can't even say that i'm drunk um but yeah you guys are going through nitro from the was it from the very beginning of nitro wasn't it yeah, all the nitros. Then when we hit thunder, all the thunders, and then all the other anything that you can get yeah. on the WWE network pay per views. Um, we've just finished uh, World War Three, which was um, dicey, wasn't it? Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's there are I mean bad ideas. I just battle right. I mean it's a terrible idea, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I was saying to Sai. Was that it was a lot to watch, a lot to take in when you've got three screens staring at you. Hmm. Yeah, me and um, the ubiquitous uh, Millwall Chris did uh, the following year, uh, World War Three, ninety six, and that was uh, yeah abysmal. So oh yeah, yeah, and he picked that as well. So we can blame Millwall Chris for that one. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and obviously one man's meat. Well, how would you describe that podcast? Um, we're doing really well with that too. We've just uh, wrapped up a couple episodes. Me and Chris, um, we're just talking mainly about um, just rare stuff like the Punjabi prison. We're going to be covering Nathan Jones soon. Um, yeah. Just anything uh, that you can think obscure. We're going to be going deeper into the annals of history, like with Ohio Valley Wrestling and things, FWA and things like that, Power Slam Magazine. Uh, we've got a load of topics uh, coming in the coming months. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, I, I know you've also did a – I very much enjoyed the episode you did about um, – Hellraiser as well. Oh yeah, that's disgust, disgusting, awful. Um, that's really yeah. good as well. Um, I'm enjoying that. We've uh, got a few episodes uh, in the can as well that we'll be releasing in the coming weeks. Yeah, yeah. And and you're also on uh, a change in attitude as well. Yep, we're really enjoying that as well. We're just uh, heading up to WrestleMania 13 now, so that that can be really cool. Those are really cool guys, Mags, Ori, and Tanner. I'm enjoying sitting down with them every week, so that's really cool as well. And um, now I'm here on Bang Bang. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just want to give a bit of a shout out to Mags because he's been a bit. Obviously, he's not been as all over the place as he normally is recently. 
and um you know he's dealing with a few things and i you know i just want to pay tribute to the guy because most of us again probably wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for mags and his help absolutely he's the podfather for a reason and yeah we're thinking about him always definitely yeah man if you are listening to this then you know look after yourself take care and uh we'll be glad to see you back soon when you're ready but um but yeah, yeah a true legend and a guy you'd say like he's influenced us all and helped us all out whenever we needed help so you know yeah i like to think that we're there for him as well if he needs us so yeah love you mate um right so as is tradition on this show we like to talk about a top 10 uh the top 10 for 2007 was uh abysmal so uh well, actually yeah well, well, that's a bit of a giveaway to what we're talking about we're talking about uh, a show from 2007 but we'll talk we'll talk about that in a minute so i did decide not to do sort of the pop charts in 2007 because it was crap now i know danny is a is a big horror film buff uh I'm. I do like my horror. I wouldn't. I'm not as knowledgeable about horror films as Danny. As most things as Danny is, to be honest. But, um. But I'd like to. to I've done a kind of horror film themed top ten this week. Um. So we looking at the uh, Empire magazine did the uh, the top fifty horror films in 2021. So instead of chatting about phil collins and uh right said fred and rick astley and all that crap we normally talk about we're going to talk about some good horror films and danny being a a connoisseur of some of these uh of good horror films we can discuss and debate the the pros and cons of this top 10 and that sounds cool yeah so some which didn't make the top 10 actually no we'll do that after so um actually so hellraiser didn't make the top 10 hellraiser was in the top 50 ba, 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 ba. this is me looking for a list now this is good audio um number 48 out of 50 wow so it, we're expecting some big things in this top 10 big time big time right so number 10 is the original nightmare on elm street film mm, not bad not bad i'm glad it's made the top 10 yeah i take it you've seen it Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, we just covered that on uh, the podcast. So, okay. Oh, nice one. Um, so I watched this film when I was what I think probably a couple of years after it came out, which wasn't the best idea. I think I talked spoke about this on the show before. That my old man had a very lax attitude uh, in regards to what I would watch on TV and what films I would watch. So I watched this when I was probably six or seven. Uh, and went back to my mum's after spending the weekend at my dad's and had the most horrendous nightmares for about a week. <laughs> it probably traumatised me. <laughs> and I can remember my mum on the phone to my old man calling him a cunt, basically, for, <laughs> <laughs> for every night for the next uh, next three or four weeks. So, But yeah, as the... Because how many were there? I mean, there was there were three that came out I'd say sort of in the original. And then there was this one, number two, number three was, was number three Dream Warriors? I can't yes. remember now. Yeah, it yeah. was, yeah. Uh, so there were eight in total. Oh, Jesus. Um, and yeah. I think a remake counts as the ninth one. So, I mean, we'll, we're bound to get another remake at some point, I'm sure. Did you ever watch the TV programme? No, but I've just, uh, that's just popped up on uh, a streaming service, so I can't remember which one, but I'm definitely going to subscribe to watch it. Yeah, I've got no recollection of that, apart from it obviously being a thing, but yeah. 
Yeah, and obviously Johnny Depp's in that, isn't he? In the yeah. original one, yeah. He's making his film debut there, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, but it, it was, yeah, it was properly, it was properly scary. But I've not gone back in. I've not watched it for a while, but. Oh yeah, it was it was as dark. It was probably the darkest of the series. After that, Freddy started to get a bit more comical. Yeah, yeah. Number nine then is uh, the original Exorcist. Wow. Oh. I thought this would be on um, number one, to be honest. Okay. So when I was a kid, this was banned until, I think, the early 90s? No, I think it was 99. It was 99, was it? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Man. See, I, I knew you knew more about this. <laughs> I'm winging this, basically. Yeah, 99. That's nuts. I can remember seeing, um, I can remember seeing the Exorcist. Which one's got Richard Burton in it? The Exorcist? Two, I think, when the Exorcist Three. One of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they were on, and they brought out one. Probably, they were. I think they brought one out like in the nineties. Like a, let's Google this. Like, uh, there were so many. I mean, just it was like a, a multiverse of Exorcist films all throughout the time it took to get this cleared by the BBFC. Yeah, the Exorcist Three. Yeah, that came out in 1990. That's probably one I would have seen when I was at school, which was very classic. good. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, because it, it obviously it became like you said when it came out in, in 99, was that it was kind of available everywhere. And I've got I bought a copy on DVD. Yeah, uh, I think Channel Four was the first to broadcast it in the UK. Yeah, it's one of those, and it? it's it's got kind of iconic a lot of iconic images. Oh, big the film, film, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll never forget watching it as a child as well. And the uh, scene where the bed is shaking. I remember yeah. sleeping on the floor because I was scared that the bed was going to shake like <laughs> that. <laughs> I still am scared of it. And the thing with like the spider, the shadow of the spider and things like that. And uh, oh, yeah. I mean, cheese. Oh. And the spider walk. Who can forget that? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um... But yeah, yeah, it's mad to think that because there were people were going mad, like, like literally going insane after watching it at the cinema. Yeah, or like, they were passing out, weren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it is. I mean, when you watch it now, I mean, it's. I suppose it just put, kind of blew people's minds. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the uh, band trailer of it? No, 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 no. Oh, I'll send it to you after this. Okay. Maybe put it on the uh, the uh, Twitter feed, but it is quite scary to be honest if you watch it. At <laughs> what did? I'm trying to think what else William Freakin. There was something vaguely amusing. Or was it, no, it was the, the, the book who wrote it, William Peter Blatty. He wrote something else as well, which was, I can't think what it was. I'm struggling as well, but I know what you mean. He, he was in something that we should know. <laughs> yeah, he wrote something. Uh, I can't remember now. But yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was a, a, a bonkers, a bonkers film. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's strong stuff. That's the first two on this top ten. Wow, it can only get better from here, then. Either that will rapidly go downhill, but we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see. So, at number... Actually, number eight is Jaws. Wow. That's another so, surprise. Yeah. That is very... Um, I, I watched this first in uh, secondary school. And yeah. I do remember um, the teacher um, warning us about the part where the guy's leg gets chopped off uh, by the sh- well gets chewed off by the shark and you see the bloody leg yeah yeah <laughs> when did you first watch this ed so i would have been 
Yeah, so I, I mean, this probably would have been on TV like in the sort of mid eighties. So I would have watched it as a as a as a kid, and it was one of those things. It did it did kind of genuinely make you quite frightened to go in the water, Jaws, especially because yeah. in the in the eighties, everybody used to yeah, everybody used to go off to Marbella or uh, like the Costa del Sol, Spain for holidays. So you'd be on these sort of foreign beach abroad. And you'd always be a bit like, I mean, if you went to Western, Western Supermare, you wouldn't be worried about getting eaten by a shark. If you went abroad, it was always a bit like, mm, it's a bit, it's a bit dicey. Yeah. <laughs> we might get eaten. <laughs> but obviously there was the the fantastic remakes or the fantastic sequels along the way. Yeah. Like, um, but Jaws 2 actually is not too bad. Yeah, uh, they hold up really well. I think all, uh, the first three hold up really, really well. I saw the, which was the, the third one was the one which was in, I think they released it in 3D. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. sounds right. Yeah, with Dennis Quaid was in it, I think, and then the fourth one is the legendary Michael Caine uh, Jaws, which is yeah. uh, I think he said himself he basically did that just to build a new house somewhere. That was his uh, motivation was to get the money for that. That's fair um, enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously another iconic film. Yeah, definitely an iconic theme score as well, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, number seven is. The original Nosferatu. I think that's to do with The Exorcist, isn't it? So Nosferatu is a bit like um, Dracula. So you oh, know, there's, yeah. there's um, again, 1922 it was made. Oh, wow. No, so it's the, before my time. <laughs> you can see the, um, again, if you YouTube that, it's got kind of like iconic scene of the of the vampire. And it was probably, probably yeah. one of the first times it was captured on film. Oh, yeah, big time in, in that era. That yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, happy birthday to Nosferatu. It's 100 years old this wow. year. This year so yeah. I must give that a watch. <laughs> yeah, it must. Be, it's probably it's probably is on YouTube. I've not seen it. I mean, again, I've seen. It's one of those films where you you've seen the iconic images from it. Yeah. But this, yeah, I think it's the first time Dracula was ever sort of shown at the at the cinema. So that's pretty cool. Um, number six is Evil Dead Two. Oh, a classic, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen any of the Evil Dead films. Oh, they are brilliant, mate. <laughs> I know, mate. Especially the third one is total, I was going to say 80s cheese, but I think it came out in the 90s, so it's 90s cheese. Yeah, so Evil Dead 2 was 87. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that is brilliant. It is, um, it's, you're not going to beat the first one, although the remake was really good as well, but yeah. um, number two is excellent, yeah. Yeah. Uh, number five is uh, Halloween, the first one. Oh yeah, you have to have that on the top ten. Yeah, yeah. But I went to see this when I went to this. Um, like I mentioned on the show before, I went to a John Carpenter uh, night in Bristol. It, um, pre-COVID, Bristol Uni used to have this thing called um, Bristol Bad Film Club, and they would show like they do like marathons, sort of dodgy, shonky B movies. But every now and again, they'd have theme night. So they had uh, Schwarzenegger night. Um, and this time they had a John Carpenter night and they had uh, the, what did they start with? They started with The Thing and then did Halloween and finished off with, I can't remember what they finished off with. What did they finish off? No, they, no, they started with The Fog, then had The Thing and then had the Halloween to finish off with. So that was interesting seeing it on the, on the big screen. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah oh, it was a great night. Um, but I don't, it's one of those films which, I think a lot of horror films are kind of better watched at home rather than, yeah. you know. Yeah. You see, 
a big sort of like science science fiction film whatever you think actually if you see it in the cinema you get more of the sort of atmosphere and the kind of whereas a film like this where there's not masses of kind of dialogue are there in halloween no it's more about um like uh michael myers chasing laurie isn't it mm. so if you watch that at home sat in the dark yeah, again, this is a film which traumatised me greatly as a, as, as a young kid as well. Uh, and I, I mean, I watched um, Halloween 3 when I was uh, on holiday end of last year, which was the old um, Silver Shamrock, the uh, Three More Days to Halloween, Halloween, that one. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, it, no. It, it, he, he's not in that one, is he, Michael Myers? Michael Myers, no, that was the thing they kind of went away from doing. I don't think John Carpenter was heavily involved in many of the sequels. But they they made the decision after two to sort of keep the franchise going, but try and get away from. Which sounds insane now. Oh, we'll keep the franchise going, but we'll we won't include Michael Myers in the next one. <laughs> we'll just try and do like a um a original story in each one. Yeah, which is what they tried to do with this. Well, what they tried to do with Halloween three was just a standalone story and then i suppose the next one they would have done another standalone story rather than just have michael myers yeah so like, the, like sort of like um the avengers universe hmm. yeah but um it was a load of old bollocks so they, yeah. they, they knocked that on the head uh, wise move wise move it was a wise move it was a wise move number four is another film i just mentioned actually uh the thing john carpenter always oh, a classic now that was again that that john carpenter that was a film which looked better on the on the big screen mm. then it did uh and the effects in that are still amazing because that was 1982 yeah and that's got an amazing again with all john carpenter's films the soundtrack which i mean i think he, he does most of them himself yeah um the soundtrack most, to that is quality most of them are on youtube aren't they the sound yeah really yeah. cool to have a listen to mm. um but yeah that's a yeah incredible film number three is scream wow above a lot of that i'm i'm shocked <laughs> above the exorcist and, uh, yeah I've, i always looked at it more of a comedy than uh, a horror but I, did, I, I mean it is a slasher really so it's kind of in the middle but um still a classic but i'm not sure i would put that above um about five of the films you read off yeah i mean it's like i mean it's iconic in that and we're, we're now 26 years down the line so i suppose you know if you'd done this 10 years ago it might not have been this high in the and the, I've not seen the new one, which came out, but that, that was that recent as well. New Scream, wasn't it? So. Yeah, that came out in January. I still haven't seen it as well. Yeah. Um, obviously features a former WCW champion as well in, uh, in, uh, in Scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, he made more money from probably WCW than this, I can say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a clever film as well. Yeah, whole... it keeps you guessing. Yeah, yeah. But, um. I quite fancied uh, Nev Campbell as well. But Neve Campbell. Is it Nev Campbell or Neve Campbell? I always say Neve, but Neve, who okay. didn't? Who didn't? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number two is Alien. Oh, yeah. That has to be there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. What's your memories of this? Well, again, this I would I would have first become aware of this as a, as a kid. So it came out in 79. But it's one of those films which you... Again, it wasn't ever really shown on TV. And it was always like one which even my old man was like that's probably too scary <laughs> to watch but, i mean it wasn't as again it's not as like violent and brutal as some of the other films i sat through as a kid like um say nightmare on elm street yeah <laughs> um 
but it is quite yeah it's quite dark and it's quite i mean it's again an incredible film yeah definitely it still holds up really well yeah i imagine watching that cinema would be amazing yeah i mean the remakes have been brilliant as well yeah yeah and then number one a film which gave me nightmares too of course is uh the shining oh yeah yeah I think that deserves to be on anyone's number one list. Yeah. Well, it, it was odd because it, so, uh, so St- it's a story by Stephen King. Yeah. And um, you've got uh, a sequel uh, that I only just learned about a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think it's called Doctor Strange. Oh, Doctor um, Sleep. Oh, Doctor Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I got that's confused. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah. think Doctor Strange is a uh, sequel to The Shining. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've got that. Um, I'm still yet to watch that. But um, The Shining itself. Yeah, that's definitely one I remember uh, watching as a little child as well. And just thinking, I still remember when um, Jack was uh, Jack Nicholson was frozen at the end. That oh, yeah. escaped the mind. Yeah, that's quite that's quite scary, isn't it? But did yeah. you know, there was actually, um, Channel 5 used to do, rem- or somebody used to do remakes, and they used to air on Channel 5 that were not as gory, but it was the same film, different actors. I've been, I, was, I think it was called Made for TV, and The Shining has one as well. Okay. I, I've tried for years to find it, but I do remember, um, they just take the story, but eliminate all the gore, and then air it on Channel 5, but um, <laughs> just with different actors, and I just can't find it. It's just, I do rem- remember watching it when I was little, but, ah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it used to, I, I used to, have, I can't remember why, but we, I'm, in my, I always got this memory of, like, staying in hotels quite a lot as a kid, and just those corridors at night, walking down those corridors, just... I would just be frightened to death because of the because of the shining. Oh yeah, big time. I mean, and it didn't help that the main character's name was Danny. So when oh, I was little, mate. Um, yeah. my sister, I remember her clearly uh, say trying to mock up that um, that scene, and then I was just scared as a child. I can remember watching it um, fairly recently. I forgot the bit where uh, Scatman Crothers, the actor. He plays the uh, the the black guy in in uh, gets his head chopped off. Oh. <laughs> it's like fuck me! Like when it happened, I was like, whoa! I forgot about that. Ah, <laughs> uh, god. But um, yeah, what a film? So some notable films missing from. We'll, we'll go through the 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 top fifty, and I'll any standout ones. I'll I'll call out. So fifty was uh, the most recent it films. They were fifty. Mm. I've not seen those. No, I haven't either. No. Uh, 49 was Saw, the first Saw film. Oh, yeah, classic. That was good, isn't it? Amazing. Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was the best of the bunch. 48 was Hellraiser. 47, Audition, which is a um, Japanese film, I think. I've not seen that. 46 is The Devil Rides Out. Now, I, I remember watching that as a kid. It was like a Hammer Horror film with oh. Christopher Lee. And that was really... Because some of those Hammer, Hammer Horror films are pretty hammy like this was i remember this being really quite scary that could be one to look out for yeah 1968 that came out um kill list no i haven't heard that no i'm not saying that either uh cat people from 1942 (laughs) i've not seen that i remember the remake had um david bowie in it in the 80s ah i gotta check both out yeah dare the dead from 1985 no that's the um drag me to hell oh yeah i like that yeah that's actually on youtube yeah the old gypsy lady isn't it drag me to hell 
Yeah, I think there's a remake of that. I think there's original, sorry, and then there's a remake. Uh, okay. But I do remember that. Yeah, that's a good film. Um, 41 is Raw, which is a 2016 French film. No, I can't say I've seen that. Dracula from 1958 is number 40. Uh, Blair Witch Project is, is 39. Oh, classic. Yeah. Hereditary, have you seen that? Yep. That's Exorcist 3, isn't it? Is it? I've not seen that. Oh, yeah, I think it's the hereditary. Okay. Uh, the Babadook. No, I haven't seen that. No, nor have I. The Bride of Frankenstein, Dracula, nineteen thirty-one. Poltergeist. Seen Poltergeist? No, I haven't seen that, that either. That was scary as a kid as well. That was scary. Yeah, that was never a nightmare. Uh, fest. Wow. Um, Midsummer. I'm not seeing that. Two thousand nineteen. Don't look now. Have you seen Don't Look Now? No, I haven't seen oh, that one. Oh, that's good. Don't look now is good. 1973, uh, but it is Donald Sutherland with the lovely curly hair. So uh, the start of it is um, there. So there's this couple, and they. Ki- I'll give the word. Give the. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil the film. But they give. Um, they have a daughter, and she drowns in the back garden, uh, and she's wearing like a little red raincoat, and she drowns. So the, they sort of both have a bit of a breakdown, and they go off to Venice to try and kind of piece their marriage back together and then they keep seeing this um they keep seeing this uh a little girl in a in a red raincoat around venice but they think it's a little girl in a red raincoat so they're sort of trying to follow her around and catch up with her oh that sound interesting <laughs> but I'll check that out, actually. <laughs> spoilers is not a, it's not a daughter <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is good very good um let the right one in ah uh, i think i've seen that yeah Mm. Um, the Innocence, nineteen sixty one. Sean of the Dead. Oh yeah, that has to be a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it follows. I've not seen that. Uh, the Witch from two thousand fifteen. No. The original Night of the Living Dead from nineteen sixty eight. Yep, that's another that's YouTube classic. Yeah. Uh, the Descent. I think I have. Yeah. If that's from the mid two thousand. Yeah, two thousand five. Yeah. Yeah. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacres, twenty four. Wow, I would have put it in the top three. Yeah, 28 Days Later is 23. That's good, isn't it? I yeah. watched that recently again. Very good. amazing. Yeah. A Quiet Place, I've never seen that. Have you seen that? No, no, too recent for me. Uh, Yeah, The Omen. Not, that, again, that was nightmare fodder for me. The original Omen film from 1976. Yeah, classic. That is, yeah, really scary. And even the, the second one is it's terrifying as well when the kid's a bit older. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fog, which I mentioned earlier, that's a, that's a classic. John Carpenter. Get out. Have you seen Get Out? I have been meaning to see that for a long time, but no, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> have you? No, not me. Uh, the original Psycho from 1960. Classic. Yeah. Well, I grew up with the, the, the like the remakes in the 80s or the the sequels in the 80s. They were uh, interesting. A Work and Werewolf in London is 16. Probably one of my favourite films. Oh, big ever. time. Yeah. Uh, the Ring, the, the oh, Japanese yeah. version of The Ring. 20 years old now. Yeah. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, classic. Carrie. I haven't seen uh, that one. Uh, Rosemary's Baby. Have you seen Rosemary's Baby? I think I vaguely saw oh, that one years ago. Oh, you'd see that. That's quite great. And then number 11, probably my favourite film of all time is The Wicker Man. Oh, yeah, that's a classic. Um, it has um, Gene Wilder in. So it's got um, Christopher Lee, Edward Woodward. Brit- I don't think Gene Wilder's in it. <laughs> You're thinking of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, 
Yeah, I know mean, <laughs> was. He, oh no, he wasn't it? Was he? <laughs> Christopher Lee's in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they remade it with uh, Nick Cage. Yes, yeah, that's is, it. Yeah, that's the one I've. Seen. I don't know why I got confused with Jim. Probably Moore. the worst film of all time. Apparently, I've not seen it, but it's not. Yeah. Not great. Oh no. So, <laughs> so I mean, good choices. I'm not sure. Scream probably is a bit high up, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Above a lot of classics. Yeah. But yeah, right. So let's get to what we're talking about. So I put a list on of shows for people to come and join me. So this this sort of run of the podcast is is me picking shows and then people picking which which they want to watch rather than last time round was people picking shows of their choice each week. So um, for this week in May, I put up uh, TNA Sacrifice 2007, a show I'd not watched before. But Danny was straight in there. Big I want that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is right up my street, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. So a bit of, I mean, so I mean, TNA was um, first shown over here on Bravo in the UK until Sky bought it and shut it down, and then it eventually moved over to Challenge TV. Yeah, it did. So I didn't realise that Bravo. Um, I don't think it's not. I mean, there was a few good shows on Bravo. I don't really ever remember watching it often, but they had um, like late ECW and I think like the last year of Nitro was also on on Bravo in this country. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I started watching Bravo around this time when uh, TNA showed on it. So I do remember they had Dog the Bounty Hunter, they had uh, Bondi Rescue, and they had uh, just these weird reality program and then you had <laughs> tna <laughs> yeah yeah but this was um yeah and i mean i'd probably first started watching tna i don't know probably late 2000 i wasn't really into it at this point i was kind of aware of it but not really uh not really watching it and i probably watched it more from when it moved to the challenge i think but um, but yeah, so this is a uh, TNA Sacrifice 2007, which happened, what are we, uh, how many years? 15, 15 years yep. ago this week, mate. Yep. I mean, I was still in school when this happened. <laughs> oh, mate, I was in my late 20s, which is uh, quite depressing. For, I think well, we might end the podcast there, I think, before, we, uh, <laughs> before I get too depressed. But um, but yeah, so TNA Sacrifice 2007. So from the impact zone where again at this point all their shows were when they most of the pay-per-views from the impact zone as well weren't they yeah i mean you had that free admission for all the uh theme park goers to just get out of the sun um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they enjoyed it <laughs> yeah um so yeah as always with every tna show the intro is the intros are amazing weren't they Big time. They had Barry Scott um, as the uh, TNA voiceover guy who was really cool. I think he just passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah. And he was uh, really cool. He did really sound like something out of 300, the film 300. Um, yeah, really enjoyed those intros. They worked really hard on them. I think they had um, somebody from the WWE crossover, and that's why they're so good. I yeah. can't remember his name, though. Oh, was it... Um... I can't remember what his name was now. But yeah, I know you mean. It gets talked about in yeah. the other podcasts about the guy who was doing uh, putting the video packages together. Yeah. But yeah, they're always always getting the yeah, the old Barry Scott. I always enjoyed the uh right right always come right was it right yeah. always coming and uh Vince Fears the uh, Vince Fears Jeff Jarrett. Oh yeah. I always enjoyed that one. I think he still does. <laughs> yeah. 
so Mike Tanay and Don West are the the commentators. Now, <laughs> I, looking back, I was like, oh, I used to love Don West. Um, but then after almost three hours of Don West, <laughs> slightly, uh, slightly, uh, yeah. Certainly grating after three hours. He can be, but um, I'm like, I mean, I really enjoy his high energy. Um, the biggest thing about him that you can say is he could make an X Division title match seem so important. Yeah. But, I mean, here's a lot to take on. I will give you that. Can you remember when he briefly uh, turned heel, Don West? And who did he manage? Did he, manage... Um, he managed Amazing Red uh, around yeah. a couple of months before he was taken off of television, but. Um, yeah, that heel run um, is, gets a lot of praise online, but um, I actually enjoyed it as well. It was it was a fun because nobody expected a guy who'd been a face for about seven years at that point um, to turn heel like that. So it was pretty cool, but it did scream Vince Russo, didn't it? Oh, definitely, yeah. Because what was he, he used to work on the on the Home Shopping Network, didn't he? I think in America, Don West before yeah. he was. Uh, yeah, I think in the eighties and nineties. I've seen some YouTube clips, and it's like he has the same energy there that he has here. So, yeah, but um, get well soon, Don West, because I don't think he's um, yeah well at the minute. No, apparently he's he's quite poorly, but yeah, but yeah. So apparently Russo offered him a job in WCW before. Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine him and Mark Madden together? Yeah, but yeah, so he left the, um, he's got quite a big star on the Home Shopping Network and then had like a talk radio show and it was uh, Vince Russo, Vince Russo offered him a job and he was like, actually, no, I'll stick with the talk radio show. (laughs) A safer bet. He could see WCW, uh, the writing was on the wall in 2000. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And today's uh, always been, Quality, oh yeah big time i mean it's a shame he's not working today in a wrestling promotion because um he would be brilliant even at his age yeah yeah um so first match up we get the uh ooh, yeah the uh, uh black machismo uh so i can remember jay lethal doing the whole black machismo thing but yeah i i don't remember that hair the hair he's got in this <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'm the same as you. Um, I remember, it, I mean, to me, Jay Lethal was more known for this than anything else in his career. Yeah. Um, uh, but I don't remember the hair either. When you've seen somebody bald for that long, um, I don't remember him having this hair either. No, so, I mean, if you had to describe it, I suppose he's kind of got Randy Savage hair. Yeah. On a black guy, which is is uh, an image to, to try and kind of uh, to conjure up. Um but these are the this is the early days of the, uh, the whole black machismo gimmick. So I went back and looked at the whole because they were involved with uh, Kevin Nash, weren't they, and the paparazzi productions yeah. thing. And so they had uh, Nash did like a paparazzi idol thing. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So they've like Jay Lethal was singing, doing different uh, songs in a terrible voice, and Nash was like, "Have you got any? What else can you do? Have you got any impressions or anything like that?" And then yeah. he pulls out his Macho Man impression. That is so cool. I remember that segment. And it's amazing that they got that much mileage out of it. I mean, he had the gimmick for about four years. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he's, I, I'm not, a, I think he's probably a better impersonator than he is a wrestler. To be yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, I mean, that's probably unfair, but he's, uh, yeah. Um, so it's him and, and Sanjay Dutt. And Sanjay's got kind of, uh, he was felt a bit put down by the whole um 
I think he was Nash was kind of went through a segment stages of sort of giving him his old gimmicks like he was dressed up once as kind of diesel and they and uh, that kind yeah. of thing and odds <laughs> yeah and odds yeah so that's uh has led to a bit of friction between Sanjay and, and Jay Lethal yeah uh, and that's uh, what and, led to this yeah 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 and they're wrestling Chris Sabin, the exhibition championship uh he's the exhibition champion at the time um and I don't I, I mean I think we're only maybe I think we're only a few weeks before uh, away from Saban forming the Motor City Machine Guns with like Shelley. Yeah. And so, uh, Bob Backlund's involved in that, isn't he? Oh yeah, I forgot about Backlund. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Backlund comes out later on. There's a lot of people in this show which I didn't expect to come out and they uh they <laughs> appeared. But yeah, so and Saban's a champion. So they kind of start off with Saban being the cocky heel, then he's trying to play the other two off each other. That's one of the things about this show is it's probably too many multi-man matches, aren't there? Yeah, I was, I was just thinking, if you think this is bad, uh, wait till you see Slammiversary the next month. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But they, um, yeah, so they're sort of playing against, off, up against each other, aren't they? It's, it's, uh, most of these X Division matches at the time were, were pretty good, weren't they? Yeah, I mean they were a highlight of the uh, of the TNA of this era anyway. But um, yeah, there was a lot on, uh, especially around on the pay per views. Yeah, it generally start with a taking the old WCW yeah formula of starting with a cruiserweight match or starting with a, a hot match, get the crowd going. Yeah, a smart strategy. Yeah, and we get to see Stomper, the TNA mascot, as well. Yeah, I wrote that down. I was thinking, I don't rem- I have no memory of this. And I was uh, watching TNA religiously at this time. And I, can't, I cannot remember. I mean, uh, next they'll be pulling out Wildcat Willie, if you remember him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't think Stomper lasted very long. He was a kangaroo, Stomper. Yeah, it was just the uh, mascot. I'm, su- I'm really surprised they didn't bring him on the anniversary show of TNA, which was the next month after this. Yeah, I think he was probably gone by then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> been released. Yeah, so oh, yeah, it's a good match, and again, back and forth. And then at one point, you know, Lethal and Dutton are working together, and then Dutton and um, Saban are working together a little bit. And it's kind of that through like over and over, and it ends up with a roll up, and Saban wins. And then Kenny Rogers comes out, then <laughs> 31, 31. <laughs> so he's, um, I, I must say, Kevin Nash looks probably 40 years older there than he does now. Yeah, totally. Um, this is his uh, his actual gimmick was called the Silver Fox. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What he almost looks like, you know, when um they did the whole when he dressed up as Sid Vicious, did he once in? Yes, in W. Yeah, he actually looks like that <laughs> character, <Yeah. laughs> but with grey hair. It's um, amazing because he was uh, on camera uh, for the next until the end of 2007 and early, into early 2008. And it's you wonder why Vince McMahon made him dye his hair when he returned to WWE. Oh, he probably yeah. looked at this and thought, I don't want this old man on my television. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, when did he turn up back as Diesel in one of the Rumbles, didn't he? Yeah, uh, four years after this, he'd come back and he looked 10 years younger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got that. Oh, the Stagiarana pole match with him in. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, I can't believe that was the main event of that pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. Well, he got involved in the whole CM Punk, didn't he? When yeah. Punk was like on his legendary run. Oh, yeah. yeah. He had like a two-week feud with, uh, with Kevin Nash. Yeah. Um, they're, they're very enjoyable promo battles between uh, him oh, yeah. and 
So that that's the only good thing that came out of them. Yeah, but it did seem again. He looked old when when the, the NWA came back. NWA came back to WCW uh, to WWF. He looked old then. That was what two thousand and two. Two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was twenty years ago. Wow. And he looks incredible now, doesn't he? Yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hey, yeah, and he comes down to try and you know sort out the dissension between Lethal and Sanjay. And then Sanjay just kicks him in the back of the leg <laughs> and then and on runs the, off. On the impact after this, he actually apologised and they shook hands. <laughs> oh, is that what happened? I didn't go yeah. back to watch what happened afterwards. Oh, that's nice. Um, God. So, yeah, so that's that's that legendary match out of the way. Um, yep. So Bobby Roode, Miss Brooks and Borash in the back. So this is Bobby Roode's kind of, what, the first few months of his sort of single career, aren't we? Yeah, so he's... After he left, was he, he was in Team Canada, wasn't he, I think? Yep. And then became a sort of single star and had a, this feud with Eric Young, which went on for months and months and months. Yeah, <laughs> over a year, I think. Yeah, which involved Eric Young winning a bikini contest against uh, Miss Brooks. And yep. uh, so, yeah, they end up with, um, I think, Rude, like, sort of signed Eric Young to a contract and then treated him like a lackey. And But then Eric Young started to sort of stand up for himself uh, taking the advice of a of a mystery friend yeah that mystery friend the that mystery friend <laughs> yeah, yeah he turned out to be jeff jarrett yeah we'll get, to, we'll get to that in a minute um but yeah this interview three tna originals here yeah and she i i i, I forgot always forget that she's married to she's married to cad and she um yeah yeah tracy brooks i think she still is yeah yeah um, so the, the, so Kevin Nash then comes back over to the crew and the, the to Tanay and Don West and says he's going to call out Sanjay Dutt on Thursday. So he doesn't. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, spoiler. It's just spoiler. a backstage segment where they oh. end up shaking hands. <laughs> Nothing interesting happens. So don't go back and watch that. No. no. Um. <laughs> no. And then they run through the rest of the card. So we've got the coming up a Texas Death Match between um. Chris Harris and James Storm. Uh, Christopher Daniels versus Rhino. Bobby Roode versus Jeff Jarrett. AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. LAX versus 3D versus the incredible team of Tyson Tomko and Scott Steiner. And then the triple threat match for the title, Christian versus Angle versus Sting. Yep. But But then... title. Yeah. Because they just kept referring to it as the title. You clearly see what title it is, but they don't name it. But there's a reason for that. But we'll go oh, yeah. get into it a bit later. We'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So th- then we, we show a, a segment earlier today where uh, VKM, which again, that was fucking, what a time to be alive. VKM got beat up <laughs> by Damager and Basham. Now, I didn't realise, I, when I saw Basham, I thought, oh, okay, right. Now I know why Dan is picked. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> but I didn't realise that Damage was the, it's just the other Basham, but they couldn't call him Basham as well. <laughs> yeah, this is oh. their OVW yeah. names. Um, okay. I was all over this feud uh, as a 16-year-old. Um, this, to me, after this uh, brief brawl happened backstage, I turned the pay-per-view off. Because I thought, well, I've got my money's worth now. There's no need to stick around. <laughs> As I think most people probably did. Oh, yeah, of um, course, of course. 
but BG James gets put through a table and apparently he's got a massive concussion. Um, so, yeah, so we'll see how that works out later on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now we have a little Jeff Jarrett video, you know, explaining his, his past and what he's been up to recently. So he was, he'd been away and returned as part, he came back as part of Team Anglin-Lee in, um, was it Lockdown or whatever yeah. pay-per-view it was? Yeah. The so he's back before. as a face. Face Jeff Jarrett is just what we, just what everybody needs. Especially Dan Griffin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we see a, a, a bit of Jim Cornette. I forgot Jim Cornette was the uh, like the GM for on and off for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, he was uh, the authority figure. Um, he was replacing Larry Zbysko. And to be honest, it was a pretty good role for Jim Cornette at this time. Um, I actually enjoyed him. I mean, I'm not a Cornette fan, but I mean, he fit well here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's good. He's always good on the mic, Cornet, yeah. he? whatever. So, um, so yeah, so we're on to the Bobby Roode and Double J match. Roode and Mrs. Brooks come out. The uh, Mrs. Brooks is referred to as the flotation floozy, which is quite a good uh... <laughs> That That was a good line. That was a good line from Don West. <laughs> yeah. And then Jarrett's music, uh, that just brings back memories. Jeff Jarrett's oh. CNA music. <laughs> Especially if you go back and watch early TNA, I don't think because of all the matches he's won, I think it was the most played song ever in TNA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he comes out with his sort of shoulder length hair, Jeff Jarrett, which is probably the worst Jeff Jarrett. Um, but I do enjoy it. Like he thought the pyro gone off and Rude just comes out and beats him up immediately. <laughs> if you um, watch the lockdown match, when he came out. The pyro was so strong that it ended up blowing up his guitar, his uh, gimmick guitar. Oh, no. And I thought that was hilarious. Such a good visual. I'll send you that at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this I mean, it's, it's match felt like it was quite a long match. Yeah. Yeah. But I really mean, dominates in the early on. Yeah. There's one interesting um, note about this is um, when, um, I think it was the impact before, um, Jeff Jarrett hit Tracy Brooks with guitar. Yeah, and um, TNA got in a lot of hot water for that because uh, it basically ended the man-on-woman violence. Um, what was going on in TNA? No longer was you allowed to have um, opposite sexes have a, a brawl or have any assaulting or anything like that on television. Okay. And um, yeah, so it was quite. Um, it did get TNA in a, hot, a lot of hot water, and I think WWE as well at that point. Right. Yeah, it was a pretty strong guitar yeah. show, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you, uh, I think it might have had to do with um, Don West screaming, "Oh my God, Tracy Brooks just got creamed by Jeff Jarrett." It might be, uh, it might be to do with that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they're all in, in and around the ring on the on the outside. We get more yeah. uh, another shot of Stomper as well. Yeah, he's there. He has to be there, doesn't he? he does, <laughs> Especially yeah. when Jeff Jarrett's there. But lots of. We want Eric chance as well, which are quite good. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of was wondering why Eric Young wasn't in this match, to be honest, instead of Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, yeah. Or at least the tag. I suppose, yeah. But I mean, I suppose Jarrett does the does the job and and loses yeah. to to Rude. So yeah. spoilers, but yeah, a so rare get, rarity for Jeff Jarrett. Definitely, yeah. So we get the figure four and, and Rude taps, but the refs being distracted. Um. There's a few dodgy fucking ref spots in this, and <laughs> Miss Brooks enter uh, interference, and she gets thrown out. Um, but it's kind of it's that kind of distraction, and 
Bobby Roode punches Jarrett with the handcuffs, but Jarrett kicks out the exposed turnbuckle in the end. And then Roode's finisher, a bit like the perfect plex, isn't it? Yeah, um, it was called the payoff. Yeah. Um, the one thing I hated about this was, yes, Jeff Jarrett put Robert Roode over clean, but the aftermath of this, where the double um, figure four, just to get Jeff Jarrett's uh, heat back, as they say in the wrestling business, um, <laughs> I think it would have been a lot better if Bobby Roode had pinned Jeff Jarrett and then Jeff Jarrett just goes away. Because he I wasn't think... leaving after this. He was leaving for another, um, I think, over a year after this. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we none of us like Jeff Jarrett, I don't think. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, I mean, I think his wife died about a month yeah. after this of cancer, so she, he was gone for... But then they kind of... I think I remember when he came back, they kind of turned it into... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Use that as, a, as an angle to get him over as a, as a good guy. Oh, yeah. Is, yeah. The worst thing was... Um, I think about a year after that, Kurt Angle saying on camera, Jeff Jarrett, I'm not the only one who's lost a wife. Yeah. And I was like, oh, come on. Like, yeah. I just hate death heat. I mean, anyone who follows me on Twitter will know I just absolutely hate death heat. It is the worst kind of yeah. thing. But if you go back and see some dicey clips like that, oh, that doesn't age well. Yeah. I was watching, um, I said to you, I switched your radio. I was on the bus coming home from work. And I was watching that. A shoot video with someone who we're going to get to in a minute but i was also watching uh the jeff jarrett mma enthusiast uh clips from <laughs> <CNA>. <laughs> uh, that feud he had with angle i think like sort of 2010 sort of time when he was doing his uh he obviously he was claiming to be a a master of uh mma and yeah. he's put in uh like he had like uh he was in like a sort of dojo and he's got little kids there and he's talking to these kids about uh MMA and who invented the ankle lock and this kid said oh Kurt Angle he said no 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 you're wrong it was uh, it was Ken Shamrock but <laughs> but I perfected the ankle lock and then he he gets this kid to try and put the ankle lock on him oh, <laughs> and he's like what are you doing what are you doing and then he puts the ankle lock on the kid I'm talking like the kid's probably like two or three years old yeah. <laughs> and he's like making the kid tap out fantastic stuff very good <laughs> television I mean you wouldn't see anything like that in WWE Probably not, no. No, not, not a wrestler putting a submission hold on preschool children. No. <laughs> I mean, maybe on NXT 2.0, but... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so Rude wins. We get more distractions after that, and Eric comes out, and Brooks comes out, and we end up with dueling figure fours with Eric and uh, Jeff Jarrett putting the figure fours on Brooks and Rude, and he's sending the crowd out happy, you know? Yeah. 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 Um... They, uh, where are we? So we get, um, oh yeah, so we go backstage then and Christian's holding a, a slightly preemptive victory party for himself and AJ Styles and Scott Steiner. Oh yeah, very good um, uh, trio here, they were. Um, yeah. Um, I think this is before AJ Styles joined something. No, maybe it was when all four of them were together, but they were called Christian's Coalition and they yeah. were really cool. Yeah, so they're you know they're all very confident, but then there's a lot of chat about Tomko. Whereas Tomko, uh, Steiner is not not impressed that Tomko's not turned up. But, Could there um, be something in the ranks there? Well, possibly, possibly. I'll have to wait and feel, wait and uh, find out. So um, Daniels versus Rhino next. So I don't remember this Christopher Daniels at all. I remember period. Um, I remember it from Power Slam magazine where. Uh, they pointed out that it just looked like he just 
went at his face with a permanent marker and that was it. <laughs> yeah. That's the only change. <laughs> and he's got like tribal tattoo on the side of his face as well. Yeah. Um, I just wasn't a fan of Christopher Daniels. He was very popular before this. Uh, yeah. And this match to me just felt like a waste of time. And I'm a massive Rhino fan, but no, nah, I just I just couldn't get into this at all. What did you think, Ad? Well, I mean, this was I think this kind of led to a, a feud not long after this between Daniels and Sting. Yeah. Which I mean, I'm assuming I, I didn't follow up, but I'm assuming Sting won that feud. Oh yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> So Daniels is trying to get Sting's attention, really, and he's kind of dressing like him a little bit and carrying out the baseball bat. And that's the sort of storyline we're going for: is that Daniels is trying to, trying to, you know, get on Sting's good side or become mates with Sting. Yeah, and that that just annoyed me because where does it leave Rhino? Yeah, Rhino's just Rhino. Yeah, <laughs> Pretty Rhino's much. Rhino, but. I mean, it felt like he was just wasting his time here. This could have been done as a segment where Daniels comes out and cuts a promo on Sting, I think. Mm. That would have been a bit more effective. But I don't think anyone ever really knew what to do with Rhino, did they? Because again, we can't be we're not we can't be far off of, you know, the Rhino is here, more are coming, that uh TNA uh, thing. And he's basically <laughs> yeah. jobbing out to Christopher Daniels. Yeah. A very a waste. I mean the next month of this, he, uh, on Slammiversary, he was just opening the pay-per-view. Um, he did go away for a long time. And then when he came back, it seemed like they were doing a bit better with him. He was feuding with James Storm and uh, over the over being an alcoholic, basically. Yeah. And um, it seemed like a good good storyline was just around the corner for him. But this period of time, it was just it was just there, wasn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um... And this match is is kind of just there as well, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. We, Daniels wins by using a a, a blatantly rubber baseball <laughs> baseball bat, <laughs> just like Sting. Of, just like Sting, yeah, yeah. But you can always hear like the the hollow sort of thud of this uh, baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Daniels wins, but Rhino isn't happy. No. This is again. This is very weird, isn't it? There's a lot of <laughs> aftermath of each match. That we've, yeah. Every match that we've seen has has to have aftermath. Yeah. So he chases Daniels down the ramp and then comes back. Well, Daniels comes out covered in blood. <laughs> I Which found was, that really. What happened backstage? <laughs> it was very quick as well, wasn't it? Very quick. Um, I'm sure they had that razor on standby. Yeah. And then there's chairs and he's gonna. What's he gonna? He's gonna like. He's got the chairs in the ring and he's gonna kill Daniels basically with a move. Yeah. Rhino driver. And Don West is like, no, why did the security come out now? It's like, well, if he does that to him, like he's going to break his back pretty much. But they're both like very disappointed that they didn't get to do that move to, to Christopher Daniels. Typical babyface commentator. Yeah, yeah, he let him kill him, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah, standard, especially for this time. Yeah. Um. Then we get to take a look at the, the VKM Christy Hemi storyline, which, yeah, I mean, we... Most weeks on this show, I say, oh, with uh, different times. This is very, very much, very much different times. Big time. I mean, um, this was I was all over this storyline, but they did. It was some of it was terrible. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it ages horrible. The yeah. worst thing about this is um, Road Dog and Billy Gunner positioned as the baby faces. That's the thing. Yeah, you watch this and you think, well, yeah, but then they're the people getting the cheers and the people. Yeah. You know, the guys call the woman a slut and things like that. And uh, 
Yeah. Very odd. But, I mean, there are some highlights, like Chris Nemi brought out Ruthless Aggression uh, teams like um, the Heartthrobs. Yeah. And um, there was another uh, tag team as well that uh, from mid-2005 WWE that she brought out. And then... <laughs> And then she brought out uh, Raven's crew, and that yeah. didn't work. And now she's brought out um, the greatest tag team of all time, in my opinion. The kings of mid two thousands SmackDown yep. tag teams, yeah. <laughs> the absolute dons here who have been brought out. Um, Jim Cornette. Um, the day that the Bashams got fired from WWE, Jim Cornette was on the phone to them and had promised them jobs in TNA when their uh, ninety days was up. So. This was uh, them being pushed here. I could see was, um, I mean, Jim Collette wasn't a book or anything, but I can see his influence here. Yeah. They only, I think they got, rele- they got uh, re- released in January this year. Yeah. So we're only, what, four months down the line. Yeah. Uh, but they, can, they, they weren't here for very long, were they? They're only in, um, they weren't in impact for, for very long. Uh, they had a decent uh, four-month run because they they, they were on. Um, I mean, you're talking to the Basham Brothers expert. Of, of course, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they had a four-month run. Um, they wouldn't pay uh, something that Danny Basham wanted more money or something. And then um, uh, Doug Basham tried a single uh, run. He ended up getting hurt in a dark match, and then both the Bashams were gone completely. But they they were on three or four pay-per-views. I think four. Yeah. Yeah. But they were making some sort of money. But yeah, I mean, um, to me, they were the baby faces of this feud, especially against uh, Roald Dog and Billy Gunn, the VKM, which is just probably the worst name for a tag team. <laughs> <laughs> and just shows so many levels of bitterness. That they were, I can't remember they were, they were calling out, uh, going to the ring and saying, uh, talking about fucking Paul, Paul, <laughs> I, can't, I can't even say Triple H's name. Paul Paul Everski. Paul Everski. Paul Everski. Michael Heckenbottom. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ. It was cringe. It, it was really cringe. Fucking cringe, really. Yeah. Um, I was just happy to see the Bashams knock their heads off. To be honest, I mean, I think they wrestled them three times on pay per view, if I remember. Yeah. God. What a time. <laughs> what a time yeah. to be alive. Yeah. Old school, um, but new school. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, obviously because of earlier today's incident, Billy Gunn comes out on his own because uh, Lance Hoyt slash Archer uh, is uh, delayed. Mm. You can't get there in time. Suspicious, very suspicious, very suspicious, very suspicious. Um, yeah. So obviously the Bashams win, and then Lance Hoyt turns up suspiciously late. Yeah, suspiciously <laughs> late. Could so, be leading to something. <laughs> yeah, could be. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a, that wasn't much of a match, was it? So no, that's why I wrote down is more like an angle here. Um, yeah, I tried to dig why Road Dog wasn't in this match, but um, all I could find out was he may have been injured. Uh, as speculated by Shagger Dave. Okay, right, yeah, well we'll take Dave's. Yeah, fuck right, I, I don't like Road Dog at all. <laughs> no, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and we get the the Texas Death match next. Oh yeah, that is, I quite enjoy this match. When I started off, I was like, ah, oh. well, I mean, we'll get let's talk about it. So, James Storm and, and Chris Harris. So they were famous that famous Impact tag team, Americans Most Wanted, weren't they? Um, yeah. And they split up at sort of December time, 2006, when James Storm smashed a glass bottle in Chris Harris's face 
leaving him blind. And he did he wrestle with an eye patch on for a bit? Oh, it was very, very cringe stuff. There was all these rumours floating around at the time that WWE really wanted AMW as a team. Yeah. That would have been pretty cool if they just showed up to Raw or SmackDown or something. That could have been really cool. Yeah. But, but I mean, how long were they lasted, really? About as long as Braden Walker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll get to Braden Walker. Um, so, yeah, they had... Uh, at lockdown, they had the the they had a uh, a six sided steel match, a blindfold yeah. six sided steel match. Absolute, Jesus Christ! Oh, absolute dog shit match, um, <laughs> which is just crazy because um, I don't think that's ever happened. Where mate, oh wait, the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan, where two wrestlers have a horrible match and then end up having a good match, but in reverse. So Hulk Hogan and uh, Ultimate Warrior had a great match, and then yeah. when they met years later, they had a horrible match. But these two had a horrible match first, and then a great match in this uh, Texas Death match. Yeah, yeah. So James Storm has got Jackie with him. Um, and then straight away, they're into the crowd, aren't they? Him and uh, Chris Harris as well. And they're, they're fight all over the place. So it's the old Texas Death match, so you have to... You get the pin, don't you? And then you have to, the person has to stay down for 10 afterwards. Yeah. It was, um, it was a lot better. This was played off a lot better than AEW just did, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. AEW do a lot of, they've, they've got quite a few Texas death matches, don't they? Yeah. Again, it just it loses fucking meaning after a while. Yeah, definitely. Especially when you have it on every couple of weeks. I mean, just for the storyline, just to have something but um because i feel like if you just say no dq match most fans are just bored of it so they need like a really cool sounding hook yeah this death match i mean that sounds more intriguing than oh no disqualification match anything goes match um yeah but it's basically the same thing nowadays but this um i'm glad to see they played to the most of the rules in this i mean like you said the they have to pin them first and then the 10 count yeah Oh, that was pretty cool. But yeah, this was a, a really bloody match, wasn't it? Oh yeah, there's some fantastic blading from uh from well from both guys. Yeah, it was so bad that they had to change the ring mat afterwards. Well, the when Harris blades, he gets hit with the chair, but literally he started bleeding before the <laughs> before the chair hits. Um and then later on Storm Blades when he gets like sort of springboarded up into underneath of the table. I mean that could have been legitimate, but yeah, but they were both literally covered in blood when they yeah. streaming down their face. But this match, really, for two guys I'm not massive fans. Obviously, James Storm went on to do more, you know, with uh, beer money and he had a fairly decent solo run, didn't he? Yeah, he really did. Um, and I think he was, the, yeah, he was the TNA world champion at one point, but only mm. for a couple of days. But um, yeah, I, I would say that this was definitely Chris Harris's best match. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of competition. I don't know, but uh, but I mean, it's the best match I've seen Chris Harris have. Yeah, but, I mean, he was on a, a bit of a push because afterwards he'd be in the main event of Slammiversary. Mm. So I mean, they had plans, but um, it just didn't pan out because uh, if you fast forward to early 2008, he was uh, doing a, a moaning gimmick where he was upset about his spot in the roster and things like that. So it clearly didn't last long. This push. I mean, he was feuding with. Uh, Dustin Rhodes after this feud. Yeah, and we all know what short sort of state Dustin Rhodes was in at that point. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's uh, a lot of it's reasonable spots like the Eye of the Storm through the table. Um, 
and Harris manages to beat the count. Spear through the ropes, like through the table as well from Harris. Yeah. And Jackie gets involved, and then Gail Kim comes out and gets involved as well. Obviously, it's all got to come down to the the beer bottles get involved, don't they? And yep. just for the storyline. Yeah. Yep. They both kind of go for the beer bottle at the same time, but Harris is storm with the beer bottle and gets a win. Yeah. Really, after a botched Karana. Well, it looked botched, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was botched. <laughs> but uh, a good match, a, yeah. uh, entertaining match with lots of daft stuff, lots of lots of blood, lots of blood. Yeah. I mean, I, what I was most impressed about was the crowd chanting thank you to both wrestlers after the match. Yeah, yeah. That's rare as well, especially in this time in TNA. I mean, there were more chanting fire roost, though, than anything. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we go back to Sting, and, and then he's with Daniels backstage, and Sting's pissed off with Daniels, and Daniels is like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, trying to impress you, trying to, trying to make you notice me. Yep. Yeah, I can't believe Sting went from feuding for the uh, world heavyweight title to feuding with Daniel straight up. Yeah, yeah. So Sting's generally pissed off with Kurt Angle, isn't he? That's his uh, that's his main main issue. Yeah. So we get to the uh, next match, which is Tiger Mask versus Alex Shelley versus Senshi versus Jerry Lynn. And um, I was impressed with Jerry Lynn's like death metal music that Jerry Lynn came out to. Yeah, I definitely had a YouTube after that. Um, that's a pretty good song. I mean, I think he used it for years in TNA. Yeah, yeah. Um, Senshi is the obviously went on to be Caval, and what does he go? For? What does he go under now? He's low key, I think. Low key, yeah. Something else now, yeah, yeah, low key, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and obviously Alex Shelley has been one of those guys. He's always been around. He's always been an amazing wrestler. And Tiger Mask. Famous Japanese <laughs> legend, yep. Tiger Mask. I was going to Google Tiger, I couldn't be fucked though. So, Tiger Mask. <laughs> Lots of some Bob Backlund chat to start off with, which was a bit of an indicator of what was going to happen later on. Yeah, I mean, he was in the feud with um, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. So, um, it was pretty cool to see um, Tiger Mask as well, like that. But I did write down, I mean, they flew him over to be basically an afterthought in this match <laughs> yeah pretty much because obviously the young kid um jerry lynn wins <laughs> which yeah doesn't make a lot of sense it really does and if you consider the uh opening match that we had yeah yeah oh uh, yeah again yeah so then shelly attacks post-match and Saban joins in as well until bob backland comes out and starts taking people out so bob backland and jerry lynn stand tall at the end of the uh Amazing. So Backlund was involved in that kind of paparazzi thing as well, when he with Nash and Shelley and yeah, I think this was definitely Vince Russo's idea because um, Bob Backlund can be entertaining. Like it, he did something similar to this in uh, 1997 in uh, on those um, Shotgun Saturday Night um, episodes where yeah, he was kind of uh, telling the youth uh, what to do and bossing him about and stuff like that. So this felt like a rehash of that. But like yeah, you said. Yeah, he's one of those guys. He's always entertaining to watch for yeah. a few minutes, and he Bob Backlund, and then you kind of want him to go away, you know. Or you have to drag him off stage like Vince McMahon did at the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Classic. I couldn't believe it, that happened. That they had to rip him off. That he was talking so much that Vince himself had to rip him off. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got a tag title match next. So 3D won the title in lockdown, and that was a record-breaking event because that meant they'd won every tag title in the world ever, I think, by yeah. that point. 
yeah, that was pretty cool that they did that. Um, I'm glad it happened that month and not on this night because they wouldn't have had a very long reign, would they? <laughs> no, no. Um, and then we go backstage and see Tom Coe's arrived and he calls Stoner an idiot and Tom Coe's a busy man. Oh, it was almost like a face promo from Tom Coe, really. Like, you know, he was the Steiner's been an idiot. He's, you know, the going to take care of business. He's the, but it felt like he's been built up as quite a big thing, Tonko. Yeah, um, it felt like the direction of this storyline was to lead Tomko to be the baby face, but it was just the opposite, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. No one's going to cheer Tonko, I mean, yeah. Uh, LAX, all right, with uh, Conan. Oh, yeah, this, f- was, this was the dying days of LAX, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And they have a few words for the uh, gobbledygookeries up in there. For the commentary area. Oh yeah, I can't believe that they went from being one of the hottest tag teams in TNA to feuding with Eddie Guerrero's brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they Very um, disappointed. yeah, well, yeah, and he went on to manage them a bit later oh, yeah. on, the year yeah. after. Yep, when they turned babyface, yeah, he was the yeah. manager. Jesus. But I oh, know <laughs> it was horrible, wasn't it? Typical sort of. Again, there's a lot of ropey booking at this point in TNA. Definitely. I mean, uh, that's what I wrote down on this is um, LAX felt like a complete afterthought in this match. Yeah, because obviously all the talk coming in was Steiner and Tonka. You didn't even, there was no pre-match promo from LAX or anything, was there? No, no. I mean, they could have easily been left off the show and you could yeah. have had just a standard tag team match. But um you mentioned earlier about people just showing up out of the blue that you didn't expect. Who showed up at the end of this? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, obviously, somebody who's recently been on uh, NXT 2.0. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, the Dudleys, uh, so what, what did they get released? 2005, I think they got released? Yeah, from... early 2005. And then came to TNA late 2005. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those things where there was this period of TNA, which I mean, this probably lasted for for quite a long period of late mid to late two thousands, where they they just seemed to sign in, in a similar vein to like it's been levelled at AEW, aren't it? But like anyone that got released from WWE it was vaguely a name, but they just get you know if they could, they TNA would sort of snap them up. So yeah, they were just the, there. Yeah. I think on their debut, it was really cool that they had T-shirts that said trademark this with a middle finger on it. Yeah. <laughs> because they were so angry about losing the Dudley name. And rightfully so. I mean, they were known as the Dudleys for years at that point. So they yeah. had to change it to um, uh, the Team 3D, but they tried to change it to, I think, the Death Brothers or something like that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the Team Death 3D Brothers. was a much better uh, name yeah. for them. <laughs> A better choice. But nothing beats um, the Dudleys. No, no, no. Even at this point, because, I mean, Bubba's pretty big at this point, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. They had a storyline where they uh, were gaining weight and trying to lose weight not too long after this. Yeah. And, um, it doesn't age well. I mean, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a storyline of, like, where they get the scales out and if they haven't lost enough weight, then they don't get a match. And yeah. uh, it just would not age. It just not would not fly today. No, no. Um. It's a good spot in this. It's a spot where Steiner sort of showing off doing his press ups, and then Bubba gets in there and does some as well. Yeah, Bubba Ray Dudley's punches are underrated. Yeah, yeah. And I always thought, I mean, Hernandez was a guy who was being talked about when he 
in you know various stages of TNA as being potentially a, a big star because well, he was a beast and he but he flew through the air didn't he as well? Yeah, definitely. The only thing he didn't have was uh, microphone skills. Yeah, yeah, not the but best. Everything else, he looked like a wrestler. Yeah. Um, especially when they gave him that uh, main event push in late 2009. Yeah. Um, before it was dropped quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we get an attempted doomsday device as well from Tom Cohen uh, Steiner, which doesn't quite come off. No, it's very uh, blocky, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he ended up getting arguing from that's a storyline, really. Tom Cohen Steiner can get along. They get 3D yeah. to Tom Cohen, the Dudleys win. Pretty standard. <laughs> Pretty standard. And then you get a bit of afters with uh, Tom Cohen Steiner. And then, yeah, Rick Steiner turns now, up that- magically. The interesting thing about this is a year before this, Rick Steiner was in a storyline where he could have been uh, teaming with um, Sting to face Jeff Jarrett and Scott Steiner at the Sacrifice 2006 event. Yeah. So it kind of looked like he was a year late showing up to um, help his brother. <laughs> but um, other than that, um, yep, the father of Brian Breaker shows up. I, I always wonder, I wonder if Brian Breaker was watching TNA at this point because mm. the Steiners did have a, a short little run. Um, I think it lasted about four or five months here. Well, they went to, I think, I'm not sure which pay-per-view it was, but the, it was going to be, it was supposed to be the Steiners versus the Dudley boys. And Scott Steiner got injured. Yes. I so ended up yeah. being Road Warrior Animal. <laughs> Rick Steiner. Yeah. Team they up. just pulled out any name they could find at that point. They were probably scrambling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really surprised Norman Smiley didn't get the call. <laughs> But yeah, it was pretty, that that um that injury to Scott Steiner was pretty um, brutal, wasn't it? And was it? Changed, yeah, he got kicked in the throat, and um uh I think he only had like an hour to live or something like that. So they had oh, to, didn't get the uh the right um help when he was in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And um for about two months after this, when he returned, um he put a little uh, Jesus Christ cross in his um beard, and it looked okay. pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know people could uh, hang things in their beard. I have to try that at some point. Well, yeah, it depends how long your beard is, mate. You have to have a good beard to do that. But yeah, <laughs> um, so we get that back to Angle then, who's in Sting's little uh, Sting's nest, like you said, <laughs> where Sting cuts his backstage promos, and uh, Angle's a bit pissed off with Sting. Sting. He says he goes to Walmart every day to get his makeup done before he comes on the show. <laughs> Angle was very upset about being called a gym teacher, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Like this is so. I forgot that obviously when Angle came in, he's only been in for about what roughly a year. Yeah, slightly less well, at this point. Actually, I think. Yeah. Uh, October. He was still year, uh, yeah. obviously came in as a face and still a face here. Yeah. yeah. Freeze again. He's the best, probably natural heel angle, wouldn't he? But, but yeah, he, he's still a face at this point. But he's getting very uh, angry with Sting. Yeah, um, it is very cross with him. Very cross indeed. Very cross indeed. Um, so let me get a like a, a angle in uh, sort of um, AJ and Samoa Joe history kind of vid showing all their sort of detailed clashes through the years, and then we're on to this match, which it seems to be kind of a bit of a match for. They've had title matches and sort of fuse in the past. This match just seems to be kind of just a match, really. An excuse to get them on the show. Yeah. It, I mean, it's great. Like, it's good. Yeah. 
the video package was really cool as well because it didn't have any narration. No, I can never say that word properly, so yeah, it no, didn't have it. any words. Um, yeah. It just like was a music video, and um, I thought that was pretty unique as well because usually um, you'd see like wrestlers cutting promos and things like that back and forth. But yeah, I mean, this uh, it felt like there wasn't anything to gain. Like if this was a number one contenders match, it would have been felt like more. Yeah, there wasn't really anything riding on this match, was there? Yeah. Um, but again, two legendary TNA themes, uh, AJ's and Joe's. Oh, big time. I mean, they. Uh, this is AJ Styles' newly heel theme as well. So, I mean, yeah. it's the same song, basically, but just slowed down. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, Samoa Joe has the standard uh, Samoa Joe theme that will, probably AEW should really uh, consider making that a theme song of his. I mean, they've got Christian Cage's song, so... Mm. I think um, Samoa Joe deserves that theme song back because it's the one he's most associated with. Yeah, yeah. And it's Miles yeah. better than his WWE theme. Oh, WWE theme. <laughs> Can you remember when he first came back to, when he came into NXT, his, mm. his theme then? Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. It was like a kind of, oh, it was crap. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, this is going to be a good match, isn't it? It's, it's Angle, uh, AJ and Joe, but the, the the whole thing is that obviously as AJ's turned heel, he's got out of a lot of situations in his matches by faking injuries and pretends to be hurt. Yeah, that's something he'd be doing for a lot of pay per views. If you go back and watch, um, yeah, yeah, he had a long feud with Rhino and he did similar moves there where um he just faked an injury and things like that. So um I always felt like AJ Styles was a better face than a heel. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, he's one of those guys. Is it's it's difficult to. I suppose that is the 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 mark of a of a true kind of legend is that you can you can be a face and a heel and kind of alter your style to wrestle as a, as a face and a heel. So it's more difficult yeah. when you've got someone like AJ who's got the spent probably the first twenty years of his career being a a high flyer and majority of the time being a being a good guy being a baby face. Yeah, to change that to a to wrestle like a heel style again, you can get away with it by being a being a bit of a pussy like he is in this match and feigning injury and because when you can't do those sort of power moves, you have to try and be a bit more clever and use a bit more psychology to become a heel. A bit like with Jericho, the way Jericho mm. did it through the years, and um, I suppose if you uh, the if if you get with Bret Hart the is quite with Daniel Bryan as well. Daniel Bryan's style can lend itself to being a, a heel or a face because he can do the the sort of high paced quick moves, but he can also do the kind of vicious submission stuff as well. Yeah. So it is a skill. But I think again, we, we used to see an AJ as a face for you know close as how many years in TNA, weren't we? And then when he yeah. came into WWE, he was a he was a face to start off with. And again, he's not that great on the mic, is he? I don't think AJ Styles. No, especially at this time. Um, I mean, he was in for a rough year in 2007, where he'd essentially become Christian's lackey and um, kind of like a comedy uh, character for probably the better part of a year, where um, he would end up hooking up with um, Karen Angle and things like that, and it was just comedy. He'd just become a comedy character. And he wouldn't really recover till 2009. Yeah, he seemed to be. He seemed to be one of those guys where, when again, that he'd be in some pretty shit storylines. 
Oh yeah, clearly. But, but to be fair, it did the same with Joe as well, yeah. didn't they? Some of the yeah. hokey stuff he was involved in. Oh in yeah. TNA. Even in was, WWE. Yeah, and he always thought, oh, eventually they'll, you know, they'll actually get behind him and sort of push him as a, as a serious champion. Um, and I mean, with AJ, I suppose he did to a certain extent, but but yeah, it seems to be strange. But again, this it's kind of that thing. It's not. I don't want to draw parallels between AEW and, and TNA, but you've got uh, with AEW, they've got it's a difficult balancing act to be. You've got your original guys, you you know, you have at the start in it, but if you keep bringing people in all the time, then these original guys, you've got to try and make them seem relevant and keep them strong all the way through because they're your kind of, you know, your bread and butter, your. And it gets different with Ada because most of the original guys were somewhere else beforehand. You know, if you're talking about yeah. people like MJF and, you know, like with Paige and that, people like that, they were wrestling around the world before AEW started, but they're still sort of viewed as being original AEW guys. Very much right. like um, Joe and AJ, aren't they? Like where yeah. they wrestled in Ring of Honor and um, the UK and independence and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But as time went on, they kind of, even at this point, there's the three guys in the main event, uh, Angle, Sting and Christian. Yeah, and you've got much better wrestlers that wrestled earlier on in the show probably, but the, the main event is uh, what, two ex-WWE guys and, and Sting. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> you've got your two, yeah, you've got your two top guys wrestling in a, just kind of a nothing match before the main event. So, so yeah, that is the, that is the, the kind of trap that, these wrestling companies will fall into if you keep you know you get again like I said, the, the challenge is to keep these guys like angle and and uh, keep these guys like aj and joe relevant and serious contenders and that kind of thing whilst bringing these new guys in from outside and sort of you know these big sort of star names yeah tna didn't really do that again yeah there was years where like i said aj is about to have a whole year basically where he's a a bit of a comedy joke carrier uh character character Joe would go ages without a serious sort of title run or push. Um, and then you've got people on the back burner, I suppose, like, yeah, uh, um, like uh, Shelley and Sabin and your X Division stuff. And, but again, from this point onwards, the TNA title is Angle, Sting, Jarrett. I suppose you get down the line, you end up, you got Foley wins the fucking title, didn't he, for like <laughs> a few months. I knew that was uh, going to come up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But but yeah, but you're right. Um, even look at the tag team title uh, match in this um, pay per view. It's the Dudley Boys and Tyson Tomko and Scott Steiner with LAX. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, and, and and to give to go back to AEW, to give them no due, they haven't put the titles on these. They, they've kind of the people who won the title so far have been, you know. Uh, so I mean, Moxley came in, but he didn't win it straight away, did he? No. Um, Jericho was the first champion, but I suppose you you give that to a a bigger side of sort off with. So they haven't you know, rushed to to over push these guys straight away or put them straight in the title picture. But it'll be a it'll be a topic of discussion for years going forward about how if they're gonna be that you know as TNA were at this point trying to be this sort of alternative to, to WWF whilst bringing these guys in. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to see and hopefully they don't repeat the same mistakes which ultimately TNA made. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels, a lot. Yeah, well, when Hogan takes over from Tony Khan in uh, <laughs> five years, we could have this discussion again. 
definitely. Yeah. I mean, Eric Bischoff's already campaigning for a job anyway. So yeah, 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 yeah. We know it's only a matter of time. Oh yeah, brother, we're not far off that. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, so the the whole kind of feigning injury thing. Asia does it in this match, and then Joe does it. But Joe's quite convincing. Yeah, <laughs> he does it because he does it, and then you think, oh, he's gonna actually. I think he's feigning injury, and then he gets sort of go after Asia, and he goes down again. It's like, oh no, he actually is injured. And then it turns out he's not actually injured, and he kills uh, AJ. Yeah, <laughs> in a really brutal fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so Joe gets the win. Very, uh, get... very good match. Very yeah, good very match. good. Again, they, these guys put on a good match for probably the best know. match of the night, I'd say. Yeah, well, we'll see what Uncle Dave said in a minute because we'll get to the uh, we'll get to the Meltzer ratings. Oh wait, I've got to correct myself. It's not the best match. The Basham brothers have the best match. Of, of course, night. of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, that, yeah, the best match apart from the Bashman Brothers should be like a yeah, little asterisk. Course, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because this match, so we got the, we're up to the main event now, which is Sting and Angle and, and Christian. So Angle late 2006 signed him, still face at this point. Christian is the what at this point is still announced as being the NWA World Champion. Yeah, but that's um, not actually the case, is it? <laughs> he was for one night, I think. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but they, yeah, the morning of the pay per view, apparently the NWA stripped him and Team 3D of the of the tag title of their sort of NWA affiliated titles. Yeah, a fantastic timing, absolute fantastic. Yeah, time. on the morning of the pay per view. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. There was rumors flying about that they did this because. <clears throat> They felt that TNA had become too crass, to use a Vince McMahon term. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> I, I mean, the NWA did nothing after this. I mean, I thought that they were going to associate with the WWE at that time. I do remember. Yeah. Uh, um, this was a big shame because for years, NWA was associated with TNA. I mean, it was there from the beginning. So yeah. this was a big change. And um, I do remember Power Slam magazine covering this quite extensively and um you'd see pictures of jim Cornette since he was the the um, authority figure holding the belts with uh, team 3d and kurt angle and things like that and um yeah it's very shocking i mean i'm shocked that nwa uh, tna didn't get the nwa woman's title um in those years but then again they didn't really have many women competitors did they no not really no they were a were... A way off of having a good women's division, aren't we? At this yeah. point, um, a, a couple of months. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, a mess, a mess for the NWA. Yeah, yeah. So again, we get another triple threat match. So Christian trying to play Sting and Angle off against each other. Um, this is, I mean, you forget how good Angle was at this point. I mean, by the time he, obviously, the issues he was having at this point mm-hmm. in when he was in WWF. But he was only, when was Angle was a Michael? Was that 2006, 2005? 2005, yeah. So he's probably at the, I mean, arguably at the peak of his career, Angle, at this point. I would say so as well. I mean, 2005, 2006, he was on a completely different level, um, having great matches with, like you said, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. He even dragged a decent match out of Mark Henry, which is um, hard to do. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he came into TNA and he is this little feud with uh, Joe when he came in. Yeah, excellent matches there. And um, I do remember him wrestling Abyss in a really good match as well in TNA. I think that was his first TNA match. It was on that um, Spike TV special just before the Samoa Joe match. 
Okay. And um, that was pretty cool as well. But um, yeah, uh, he was definitely uh, on his um, on a good streak here. Kurt Angle was. Yeah, it, it would have been interesting if he'd have stayed in in WWF or WWE. Yeah. Whether uh, again, whether he would have ultimately, you know, packed it in a bit earlier, or um, but some of the matches he could have had. Yeah, you can imagine if you'd have stayed around. If yeah, you'd, if you'd have wrestled Punk or in that sort of time period, and Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Nash when he came back, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Shield. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Angle yeah. was gone from for ten years out of WWE. It just blows my mind that he mm. was in TNA longer than he was in WWE. We do remember, actually, he's an honorary member of the Shield, remember? When he, when he, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just like, when you think of Kurt Angle, well, and I think of him, I think WWE guy. What do you think when you think of Kurt Angle? Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's difficult to, because I've already watched more of Angle in WWE, um, just because I watch WWE more than I watch TNA. But obviously, he was mm. in... So yeah, you kind of is it more synonymous with WWE or with TNA? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard one. Isn't it? Yeah, I, I asked um, Sai this the other day. I said, when you think of Rick Rude, do you think WWF guy or WCW guy? But I'm going to ask you the same question. What do you think? What with Rick Rude? Yeah. Oh WWF. But again, but that's probably because I watched more of WWF. Yeah. I mean, in the recent years, what did Sai say? WCW. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course you did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but but I mean, if you can ask me, where do you have his best matches? Hmm. Well, probably WCW. Yeah. I mean, he was cooler in WCW. Yeah. <laughs> than he was in WWE, but he's pretty cool in WWE. In WWE, he had Bobby Heenan, so oh, it's a hard yeah, one. Yeah, but again, that was the whole thing. He didn't. He never wanted a. Yeah, I do remember finding that out and being quite disappointed because mm. them two were excellent together. Yeah, but he didn't really need a... He was a but again, in that, that time period, if you were a heel, you had a manager. Yeah. Irrespective of whether you could talk or not, you always had a manager. Yeah, just to get Apart more from, who was it? Rick Martel. No, no Rick Martel had Slick as a manager. But somebody every day, we'd be like, he'd never had a manager and he was a, he was a heel. I can't think who it was. Somebody oh. crap, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is a again, it's probably one too many multi-person match because mm. again, this is very sort of choreographed. I'll take a break for two minutes. You take a break for two minutes. We we'll do the spots. Angle does eight German suplexes to Christian. This was is, uh, the era of suplexes when even Chris Benoit, I'm sorry, Stevie Richards was doing this on um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the other channel um, on WWE. He was doing a lot of this, um, like suplexes, suplexes, suplexes and things like that. So um, it was, uh, yeah, they were just kept doing it over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get a couple of sort of close finishes, ankle lock, ankle lock to both and they both sort of roll through, and then we get the finish, which is uh, wow! It's it's a it's just a crap finish, basically. <laughs> the Sting's got Christian pinned, but Angle then gets Sting in the ankle lock. So Sting taps out whilst Christian is being pinned by Sting, and somehow they announce that Kurt Angle's the winner. I'm not sure how that. I mean, I said Sting was tapping out, but yeah. the ref was also counting. Uh, Christian's shoulder to the to the mat. So, but yeah, they announced Kurt Angle the winner and the, the TNA World Heavyweight Champion. 
Yeah, and that is a real shame because Angle can't add NWA champion to his um, no. legacy. That must have been very frustrating. And then literally the show ends straight away. Yeah, I found that really <laughs> hard as well. <laughs> they ran out of time. I, found, I have this on DVD and I, I watched it on YouTube first and then I thought, okay, let me try that on DVD, the ending, just to see if they um, did the same. And they did the same thing as well. So they Amazing. cut the pay-per-view feed probably to please um, the NWA to ha- not get too many shots of Kurt Angle with the NWA championship. Since Maybe, knew, yeah. It was Maybe. Last. But that is very annoying that Kurt Angle, just, when you look at his Hall of Fame career, um, you can't add NWA champion to it because no. he's just holding the belt there just as a placeholder because they hadn't got the um, TNA World Championships. But uh, the impact after this, he came out with the TNA World Championship. Yeah. Yeah, and they ended up holding it up, didn't they? And it, there's the tournament afterwards, yeah. Slammiversary, and Angle won the, won the and goal. Then, and then ended, entered a feud with the Dudley boys, of all people. <laughs> of course he did, yeah. That makes sense, that makes sense. In TNA fashion, but yeah, you're right, yeah. Um, they held it up, and um, but this finish, um, it feels like more of a impact finish than a paper yeah. finish. Um, I wasn't a fan of it either. No, no, not great, not great. And it kind of, it's at the edge. I mean, it was a, as a show, I mean, I picked this show and you, you, you know, you chose to, to, to join me on it. And it was oh, one yeah. of those shows where there was a few around this sort of this time every year. And I thought, it looks all right, the card. And then I watched it back and there's a few highlights, a few good matches, but I was expecting it to be a bit better than it was, I think. Mm. Um, but we'll have a look. So in a minute, Danny, I'll get you to, pick your um current favorite wrestler theme tune to play us out on so your favorite current wrestler theme tune i'm just gonna have a look at uncle dave's uh match rating i like how you said current twice because you know i would go back to the bastion yeah. province <laughs> i just re-emphasizing current not the bashams <laughs> um but yeah so i mean it was a good show again this show is on youtube as well so if you want to on tna's youtube channel you can check out the show for yourself i bought this um pay-per-view out of hmv in 2007 oh mate that's (laughs) with um lockdown that is uh yeah that's commitment to the cause oh yeah Um, especially the prices they were charging back then as well i think it was like 15 pounds per disc so insane prices (laughs) yeah yeah so mate um Obviously, we spoke about the shows that you're on normally. Um, but do you want to give the boys and girls another little plug for where they can find you? Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Scottish Juggler, where I pretend to be a Scotsman for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> with established. <laughs> um, you can hear me on Nitro Nights with the great Sai Pal. You can hear me on A Change in Attitude with the great Mags Orion Tanner. And you can hear me on One Man's Meet with the great Chris Bellis. And I'm here on Bang Bang. So thank you for <laughs> um, tuning in, everyone. We've enjoyed this. But I know we're not getting to the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> we are. I'm, I'm stalling as I try and find the card on the uh, on the database. Right. So Uncle Dave's ratings. So the first match. get Oh, Jesus. So that fatal, <laughs> the, the freeway ex-division match got four stars. Whoa. Seems Fair. a bit. Seems but a bit high. a bit heavy. Yeah, a bit yeah, heavy. Yeah. Uh Robert Roode versus Jeff Jarrett got 
three and a quarter stars. Too high. Too high. Daniels and Rhino got two stars. That's fair. I'll give him that. Yeah. Basham and Damage versus Kip James got one star. I feel a bit of TNA bias from Meltzer here. Because yeah. there's a lot better matches than that. I've got like half a star or a quarter of a star. That was basically <laughs> a squash. Yeah, this was just an angle, wasn't it? Oh, jeez. Good Lord. Chris Harris and James Storm got uh, four and a quarter stars. Oh, he can't even give five stars, can he? <laughs> he can't Jerry Lynn do. beating Alex Jelly, Senshi and Tiger Mask gets uh, three and a half stars, but obviously four if it was in the in the Tokyo Dome. You beat me to the punch. <laughs> <laughs> the Dudleys versus... That will never get old. No, no, no never. <laughs> Dudleys, LAX and Sonko and Timer. Steiner get three stars. Uh, Joe and AJ got three and a half stars. And then the world title match got three and a quarter stars. So the official winner of match of the night is Braden Walker versus uh, James Storm. Amazing. Four and a quarter stars. I mean... just couldn't do five, could he? (laughs) He couldn't do... I'd imagine that's probably Chris Storm's highest rated... Chris Harris's (laughs) highest rated match of all time, I'd imagine. Definitely. Um, I mean, I'm sure it beats that match on ECW where he teamed with Matt Hardy. But yeah. <laughs> well, I was I was watching his his debut on uh, ECW. His, his backstage promo with uh, Armando Alejandro Estrada. Knock knock. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan Walker is gonna. What's it? Brendan Walker is gonna knock your head off and knock your He's face. He's gonna uh, beat your brains out. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, I mean, that was around the time WWE went PG as well. Yeah. Um, I think it was very, very close to, even if it wasn't the time, it was just before it. And yeah, horrible. I mean, it just frustrates me. If AMW went together, we could have had two of them in ECW. Mm. Yeah. Well, I watched, again, I watched a Chris Harris shoot video today and he was talking about the, uh, so apparently his contract was up in TNA and, they offered him like a reduced contract. So he signed for WWE instead, incredibly. And um, obviously they came up with the name and then they literally had almost no ideas at all. They think they had like, they had like a little sort of plan for him going in. And then the week before like that plans changed and they didn't really have anything at all to come up with. So they had him just basically walking around backstage in a black singlet, and he got, I mean, he got fi- fired like about a month after his debut, which is quite impressive. Yeah, <laughs> there was a brilliant video on YouTube of his Hall of Fame video package of. Oh, just, yeah. Have you seen it? You can buy the, the best of Brayden Walker. On yeah, <laughs> it's a free, uh, free DVD uh, set, box set. But yeah, yeah. I mean, how old Chris, he must have been. He looked again in this match. He looks probably. 50 he is actually he's 49 he's only five years younger than i am which is quite the five years older than i am sorry fuck yeah me. i was just about to say yeah 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 but yeah at, at this point he was 2007 he was 34 Bloody good long. lord what yeah. a paper round he must have had yeah <laughs> i mean yeah. he went from the fake sting in wsw to this <laughs> yeah i mean so we could have had jeff farmer as Braden walker would have been better wouldn't it 
Yeah, that, he might have lasted another week on ECW. He might have. He might have. Right, Danny. I'm just really shocked that he didn't get an action figure because Colin Delaney got an action figure, but not Braden Walker. <laughs> well, I mean, DJ Gabriel, get, there's a lot of... We need to go back, actually, and do um, a episode of WWECW. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I am all for it. That's oh, since I got the WWE Network. What's for that? All those um, classics. Yeah, we get to see Sheamus when Sheamus made his debut, and uh, yeah, yeah, and Ezekiel Jackson, the and real Yoshitatsu. the true, the, the true Ezekiel. That's any Ezekiel I acknowledge is uh, yes. Ezekiel Jackson. <laughs> right, Danny, what um, what song would you like us to play out with? I'm gonna have to go with. I don't watch a lot of AEW, but whenever he's on, um, I will watch anything he's on. So I'm gonna have to go with Billy Gunn's current AEW theme. <laughs> oh, mate! Right, we'll play you out with that next week. I'm joined by the uh, ubiquitous. I think I use ubiquitous tights tonight, but I use it again. The ubiquitous UTC Rob is uh, joining us next week, and um, we are talking about NXT. Chicago takeover the first one which features I don't think it features any pedophiles or nonces <laughs> well, well you have to find out next week won't you I know the main event is the Office of Pain versus DIY in a ladder match which is very 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 good so uh, look forward to that next week thank you Danny for joining us always a pleasure mate thank you guys for listening to us uh Keep supporting the podcast. Keep supporting Black Lakes and Black Lace if you want. Up to you. And we shall see you next week. Take care, guys. Enjoy Billy Gunn's theme music. Uh, And thinking not the ass boys. (laughs) Mr. Ass himself. Right. Take care, guys. See you later. Bye.